Hello everyone and welcome to Talk of Today. In this episode, I am going to be reading out a blog post I wrote for the technology consulting company Buckman Duffy I used to work for. It is titled Design Thinking, the Scientific Method Applied to Business. Alrighty, let's get to it. The TLDR, or Too Long Didn't Read, and for the uninitiated, uh, the summary is as follows. Design thinking and the scientific method are two names for the same process, an iterative approach to developing a better understanding of the world, which can help us explain, predict, and act within it more effectively. All right, now that's the summary, let's get to the main body. Design thinking is a widely celebrated process within the business and design worlds for generating and developing solutions to complex problems. While the term may inspire some eye-rolling amongst those in the business world, its effectiveness cannot be understated. According to the Digital Tome of Truth, Wikipedia, the term design thinking was first coined in the 1960s and probably went mainstream in 2005 when it was integrated into Stanford's D-School as a formal method. These days, you would be hard-pressed to find a consulting website that doesn't include design thinking in their arsenal of jargon. While it seems to be widely known that design thinking is a highly effective method, the reason why doesn't seem to be common knowledge. It turns out that, while it may sound like a hip new way of solving problems, the process is far older than most of its practitioners would claim. It's just been known by a different name. The scientific method. The scientific method is largely responsible for the astounding amount of progress we've made in the past few centuries. While strikingly simple, the scientific method has enabled us to go from working in a world rife with sickness, superstition, and scarcity, to a time where we have a standard of living better than anyone in history could even imagine. Through the application of the scientific method, we've eradicated diseases that would otherwise continue to wreak havoc across continents. We've accessed the frontier of space, split the atom, and millions upon millions of people can now get fresh, delicious, hygienically made pizza delivered to their front doors with just a few taps on their personal portal to the digital world. What a time to be alive. The scientific method has taken us a long way. But how does it work? While terminology may differ depending on who you ask, the steps are more or less like this. 1. Observe. 2. Hypothesize. 3. Experiment. 4. Analyze. 5. Conclude. 6. Repeat the process. This deceptively simple process allows us to reduce the infinitely, astoundingly complex world to questions that we can answer through experimentation and observation. The data collected from these loops of inquiry is reflective of reality. It encapsulates the known knowns, unknown knowns, and unknown unknowns. What a mouthful. We can take this data, this reflection of the world, and use it to construct a model of the world, which we can then use to guide our action within it. When people think of science, they tend to think of specific categories like biology, physics, chemistry, or psychology, white lab coats, and institutions. However, science is not limited to the content you'd read in a textbook. The fact is, any time we try and understand the world as it is, even in the business environment, we are doing something scientific. Instead of trying to understand a specific biological mechanism, a chemical reaction, 
or unearth and further understand the structure of reality, design thinking can be viewed as a scientific method applied to problems that are more human-related. Those employing design thinking might be trying to engineer a better digital buying experience for their customers, or they might be designing a new product or service. The human-centric nature of these problems is why the first step of many design thinking processes is empathize. The focus is trying to understand what the wants and needs are of the people whose problems you're trying to solve. Now here's the rest of the design thinking process. 1. Understand. 2. Define. 3. Ideate. 4. Prototype. 5. Test. Again, the steps may differ slightly depending on who you talk to, but fundamentally, they're reflective of the same underlying process. Gather information relevant to what you're looking to explore or achieve. These could be the needs of the user or the customer or the beneficiary. The practical constraints such as budget and technologies. The opportunities and threats of the wider environment that you want to test within, you know, social, political, technological, competitive, and economic, along with many other perspectives. So once you've gathered that, inf- that information, you then define the question you're looking to answer or the problem you're trying to solve. You then come up with ways of solving the problem. You then select a strategy and carry out experiments or whatever is necessary to get that feedback on that specific strategy. You then critically examine the results and you repeat this process as necessary. This process is iterative. It can be done as many times as is necessary to develop a working solution. Fundamentally, the scientific method and design thinking are the same process. Regardless of what we might be looking to achieve, whether it be in the traditional categories of science or the business world, the fact that we are trying to understand and navigate the world more effectively is still the case. When applying these methods to organizations, we are using the same methods of inquiry that we use in science, but the tools we can now use are not only more accessible, such as cloud, mobile, social media, and big data, but are also remarkably faster. The outcome of combining design thinking and digital technologies is that they allow us to understand the world on a level above the natural limits of our monkey brains. Data systems are no longer just expanding our long-term memory, like the record-keeping systems of Venetian merchants and 1980s mainframes. Rather, they are augmenting our cognition, genuinely helping us to understand the stories and meaning behind the data. Those that use these tools to experiment and further understand the world we live in today will thrive. Those that don't may falter. All right, and that is the end of the essay. If you would like to read it and check out the graphics that accompany it, uh, you can do so at buckermanduffy.com or at samhbarton.com. Um, if you want to find uh, the links to it, the easiest way to do so would be to go to my website, samhbarton.com, uh, and just go to the blog or podcast section on that site where you'll find uh, the show notes for this piece. Uh, and that will link directly to the Buckman Duffy site where this was originally published. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback uh, or if you'd just like to have a chat about uh, things of this nature, feel free to reach out. Um, you can do so at, on my website, uh, samhbarton.com. And that's that. So thank you for listening. And until next time.